0: This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as F.A. F.A. is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one F.A. member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent F.A. as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about F.A., we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the F.A. program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello and welcome to this virtual qualification recording of Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous F.A. I am a food addict and I will share my story of recovery from food addiction. Um, My story actually started about 14 years ago. Uh, I was um, diagnosed as a diabetic and at the time, my weight was 212 pounds, and my doctor told me at that time that I absolutely had to lose weight. I was 58 years old, had retired for approximately um, 10 years, and, it, and I just, all this weight came. And actually, weight was not an issue for me. I thought if my weight was a problem, I could lose it. I'm smart enough and I know what to do. But at the time I was diagnosed, I remember asking my doctor, how am I gonna do that? See, I grew up in a family of nine children, had parents, my mother and my father, and they never talked about weight. Actually, when I grew up, weight was never an issue because in the South, I grew up in the South, South Florida, and there was always plenty for us to do to keep busy. So naturally, when you have that many kids, what do you do in a small house? You send them outside to play. So that's what we practically did. Um, the majority of my life growing up was play outside. So there was never, uh, you know, weight issues. Now, we did have a food issue. We did eat. But I often describe in this part of my meeting that there was never any leftover food. We had three meals. But the mills were stretched and they were thin. Um, I always walked away from the mills thinking, I wish I had more, but there was no more. When we had to clean up our kitchen, uh, there was never leftover food, never ever leftover food with nine kids, you can imagine. And I was in the group that was considered the smaller bunch, the latter ones, didn't have a lot of chores, Uh, There was like six girls and three boys, and I'm right in the middle. There's four older and four younger. So I really, you know, didn't have a lot of responsibilities until the older ones um, grew up and moved out. But then um, back to being a child, there wasn't a lot. Now, in South Florida, we have lots and lots of fruit. So we always had other stuff to eat. But when it came to mealtime in the house, that was really stretched. Um, And then, as I said, weight was never an issue. That's never anything that we talked about. I often hear in our program people describe a right-sized body. I actually never knew what that was. So as I continued to be an adult, the weight got on and I really thought I looked good. My parents always taught us to be very proud of who we were, uh, I guess, instilling self-confidence in, in ourselves so that we wouldn't be have our feelings hurt when people described us as being black and being poor and not having a lot of material things. Um, and that they were successful in that part. So, I never really thought about uh, being overweight, even though at my weight, when I was diagnosed 212 pounds, I knew I was overweight, but it didn't, uh, that number did not define me. It didn't stop me from doing anything I wanna. People described discomforts of overweight, uh, being on a plane. I never experienced that because the seatbelt felt fine with me. Sometimes it was a little tight, but it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't so unbearable that I had to ask for an extender or anything. So I just felt really confident that, you know, the weight was okay and I'd be fine. But then um, when I was diagnosed as a diabetic, and let me tell you a little bit about that um, yeah, meeting with the doctor, I had gone in a week prior just for a routine physical. It's all I went in for. And then um, a week later the doctor called me. He asked me if he could make an appointment for me to come in so that he could discuss my results. And I said, well, no doctor, I'm getting ready for a vacation. I was going on a two week vacation to Florida. I said, and I'll call you when I get back. And he said to me, well, can you come in now? And I said, sure, I could come in now. I felt fine. Going on vacation, went to the doctor's office. He took me right in, and he told me, "He said you have developed diabetes, and I have to put you on immediate insulin." And I'm thinking, "This can't be right. I don't feel like I have diabetes. I didn't know what diabetes felt like." But I said, "I can't you just can't you prescribe some pills so that I could run out, get it filled, and go on vacation?" And he said to me, no, I can't do that. You have to go on insulin. I said, well, why? Why can't I take pills? I know a lot of people take pills. He said, well, yeah, a lot of people do take pills. um, And that's what their doctor prescribed for them. I'm prescribing the insulin shots. You have to take one shot a day. And I said, take one shot a day? I absolutely hate shots. But he said, yeah, you have to do one shot a day. And I said, well, how long will I have to do that? He said, for the rest of your life. And then I thought about it and I said, well, you did it to yourself. You didn't take care of yourself. So now you have to take these insulin shots. And I was really, really in a panic state. He started describing some of the things that could happen to me. I could lose my limbs. I could lose my sight. I could have a heart attack, I could have a stroke, I could do a whole bunch of, also I could go into a coma. And I knew about the coma, I had an aunt that went into a coma, she was about 49 years old. And uh, she she died in the coma when she was 61. So I knew diabetes runs in my family and you would think that a person with that history of diabetes, They would take better care of themselves. But I was operating on the fact that nothing's going to happen to me. I'm healthy. I exercise. I'm always busy, always doing things. Um, And this wasn't going to happen to me. I wasn't going to get caught up in that because uh, I didn't really think that uh, I, I consumed a lot of sugar. But in reality, I did. I had no, there were no boundaries about, around my food. I had no structure at all. I I ate constantly and it was always junk. And my thought was the less that I ate, the better for me. I wouldn't be eating a lot of stuff. So I never really ate a lot of food. But anyway, getting back to my doctor, you know, we talked for a long time about this thing about taking insulin and we went through the process of how to do the shots. And, oh God, I was I was in a panic because I I absolutely hate shots. But I did what I was told uh, because we got into kind of an argument. He told me I I could, I could do anything I chose to do, but if I chose not to follow his instructions, he uh, would not be my doctor. So I thought long and hard about it. And I said, well, I gotta do this because uh, I didn't go to medical school. In fact, I went to a year and a half of college and then I decided to quit because college was boring for me and I felt I could do other things. So I quit school. So anyway, uh, I asked my doctor, how am I gonna lose this weight? And he said to me, oh, don't worry about it. He said, I'll send you to a nutritionist to help you out. So I figured, oh, God, now i got to go to a nutritionist. So I did go to the nutritionist. I did go to two meetings. And I decided what that person wanted me to do was unattainable. I couldn't do it. I wasn't going to do it. I didn't want to hear it. But I did still have the problem where I had to lose the weight. When I was diagnosed with diabetes, I was 212 pounds and uh, my blood sugar levels were 591. They tested it that day. I did not, I do not recall what the A1C was, but my blood sugar level was 591. And normal for a diabetic is between 75 and 120 or 150. And I was way over that amount. So I figured, well, I had to do something. So when I figured uh, the nutritionist idea wasn't going to work out because what they wanted me to do was unattainable, I said, no, I can't do this. So I figured, well, the way you gained all this weight was you were eating too much. So the opposite of that was eat less. So I ate the same stuff. But I ate less of the same stuff. And it was working. Uh, In about seven months, I went from 212 pounds to 180 pounds. So for the first time in my life, I was going in the right direction. But I would not suggest that anybody try to do what I did. Because as well as having high blood sugar, I could have low blood sugar. And both are dangerous. Why God didn't take me, it's a miracle. I I really think he decided to keep me here so that I could tell this story. I mean, it was really a miracle. So I continued on that route, you know, eating less junk. I was still eating all day, but it was junk. I mean, pure junk because I felt that's what I wanted. And I think in reality, one of the reasons I I chose junk to eat was because growing up, we didn't have a lot of junk. So my life was moving so fast, you know, when I was working, I concentrated more on work and not on me. So I would grab stuff and sometimes it would be fast foods, but the majority of the times it would just go to the store, grab something to munch on and that's it. Sometimes late at night when it's time to go to bed, I would think, oh, my goodness, I haven't eaten a meal all day. So I go prepare a meal and I eat it and it would be 10, 11 o'clock at night. And during that period, I had the worst case of acid reflux. I never complained to my doctor about it, but it was terrible. And I, I went through that without taking any medications. But looking back on my recovery in this program, I realized that's what it was. And that's why you had all those stomach problems. I don't have those problems now. But anyway, I continued on this route of just eating junk all day long. And uh, one Sunday afternoon, I was out shopping. And I ran into a person that was working the program. And I often said, God sent this angel to me. And God sent this person, a person that I knew from an exercise program that I belonged to. And that's another thing. I exercise two or three times a week just to be busy, not to lose weight. Most people do it to lose weight. But I did it to be busy, just to be fit. I always like to be active. Um, and I continue to do that. Even to this day, I do it. No more of the exercise routine, more of a walking routine. I try to walk for about an hour. But anyway, God sent this angel to me. And oh my God, this person, I hardly recognize this person. I ran over and I said, oh my God, what are you doing? And she said to me, I go to meetings, why don't you come? And she told me where the meeting was. So I said, okay, and I I went to that meeting. And I was simply amazed. When I got to that meeting, I recognized a couple people I knew from the neighborhood, but I didn't know them very well. But then I, I went in about five minutes before the meeting started. And uh, I tried to sit right down front because I'm very nosy. And plus, just sometimes people make a lot of noise, and that's distracting for me. And I really wanted to hear how this person lost all that weight. And that's all I knew. That's all I knew. And that's the only reason I started this program. So I went in, and I got my seat, and I listened. And the first thing the person said was, their weight originally when they started the program. It was a, a milk that led the meeting that day and that person uh, had lost over 200 pounds. And uh, they described how they did it by weighing and measuring their food. And then they kept talking and then they kept talking and they said something about, you had to have a higher power. And I said, wow. I have a higher power. And I know if this person and others in it can do this, I know I could do it too. And I said, you know, a lot of people are reluctant, a lot of people want to wait. And I said, I can do this. And then they said, you had to have a sponsor. And then during parts of the meeting, they introduced sponsors, wanted sponsors to introduce themselves. So I knew right away, I didn't grasp everything that was said, but I knew um, you had to have a sponsor and uh, you had to call your sponsor, you had to make phone calls, you had to do a lot of stuff. And I said, I can, I can do all these things. See, I was brought up thinking I could do and be anything I wanted to, as long as you put your mind to it. Just be positive and just continue to do it. So I started the program. I started that, that night. I didn't think about going back to my food. All I focused on is my sponsor and doing the things that I needed to do to be successful. My goal was to lose this weight so that I could go back to my doctor and show him I lost this weight. So I worked the program. So I continued to do it about. Five months later, I went back to the doctor, and my doctor was simply amazed at the weight loss. I wish I had recorded it, but I didn't, so I can't tell you how much I weighed at the time, but what happened when I went back to the doctor was a miracle. My doctor told me at that time, I no longer had to take insulin, so I had to take a back step, and I said, no more insulin. He said, no. He said, as long as you do this program, you don't have to take the insulin. So I said to myself, wow, I know a lot of diabetics that have taken insulin from day one. They continue to take insulin. You know, what makes me different? Well, I changed my way of eating. And uh, it was an eye opener for me that that uh, if you do the right things, you know, eat the right foods, ingest the right foods, your body will act right. And you won't have the problems that you're having. You won't have to worry about going into a coma or losing any limbs or going blind or any of that other crazy stuff as long as you eat right. And for me, eating right is having three meals a day with nothing, absolutely nothing in between. I wish I could have thought of this before, but it probably wouldn't have worked because I think, F.A., you have so many components that they all need to work together, especially the quiet time. I never really had any quiet time. In fact, I never really prayed to my higher power. If I didn't have all my money to pay my bills or if I saw a beautiful dress that I wanted and I didn't have the money to buy it, I might pray, oh, God, please give me that. You give me that and I'll give you this or whatever. But I never really, really, you know, I believe in God, but I never really talked to God about my my internal problems and my uh, relationship with food. I do it every morning, and I thank him for giving me another day. I ask him to give it to me, and when he gives it to me, I just thank him for that day because that day really means I'm surviving, and I'm doing what I know God wants me to do. Um, And then I love mostly about the, the program that it's free. Where can you go get anything free? really is the best show on earth. I mean, this thing with food, I tell you, it's absolutely fabulous. I just love this program. I really love doing for people. When I was asked to uh, tell my story, my first reaction was to say, oh, I don't want to do that. That's frightening. But Then I thought about it and I better sit and say, Why not? It's another venture. I do it all the time. I do it at my meetings. I'll fill in at the drop of a head. You don't need any notice to tell your story. Your story is your story. And I'm just so grateful that somebody thought enough to give me a call and ask me to do it. I wish I had thought to just volunteer and do it. But it's just a miracle because people get so down in their situation and that's all they think about. But I just thank God for the patience, for the tools, for this program, for everybody that's lending an ear because you can do this and stop thinking about the worst. Sure, you may have problems, but if you talk to your higher power about those problems, they will go away. You know, it's not the worst that can happen. I mean, people go through difficulties all the time. They go through them all the time. There's nothing so unique about you Per se, me that will prohibit me from doing what I need to do in this program. Sure, it's an added it's an added thing to do, but um, we all will get over it. We all will get over it, and you just think to yourself, well, this is just something else. Um, but I'm just so thankful that you guys are all here today, and that I'm willing. You know, I can share with you. Uh, This this opportunity of recovery, and that's another thing about food. You never recover. I mean, it's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing process. It's a learning process, and I just thank God for the tools and everything that people encourage you to do, because this fellowship, you know, you can't do it alone. In fact, I used to um, manage a meeting, and for a a while, I was like the only person there. But with God's help with prayer, that meeting is thriving today, and I'm just so grateful that uh, I'm a part of it, and I could be a part of this whole big network to keep it going because we all know people that could benefit from this program, and we all can share. It's just a matter of stepping out of yourself and just doing what we know God wants us to do, love everybody, and just share whatever we have. So I thank you all for this um, great opportunity to give you a part of my life. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.